Hey listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! Welcome to the history of everything sex. I love it. I'm Melinda. I'm Terry. And before we begin, I do want to say that I was talking to someone at work the other day about our podcast, and I was showing them all the um, episodes that we've done so far. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it was like a blast from the past because we do these like so quickly. And so you sometimes forget about those early ones. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that one on fetishes and incels. And uh, I was just like... I had like a chronic cough, so I was coughing throughout all of them. And exactly, yeah, yeah those ones, yeah. So mm-hmm. I do want to put like a little um, call to action out for our fans because okay. I would love for everybody to send us an email. Number one, to let us know they're listening. Yes. Um, but number two, um, and tell us what their favorite episode was. That would be very cool. Yeah, because that that kind of yeah. gives me a direction too on like where to head from here kind of a thing and yeah um so anyway so if y'all are listening and you have like a minute just send us a quick email even just a teeniest tiny right teeny second teeny second that's all it takes that's all it takes today this is a little different i think and it's a little long but Mm -hmm. today we are exploring the life of bell breezing which, hmm. by the way, what a fucking cool name you got. That is Bell, a really cool name. Miss Belle Breezing. She was a madam who okay. has a fascinating life story, uh-huh. um, a kind of rags to riches story, but full of loads of success and accomplishments, but also tragedy and just plain bad luck. Man. It's all over this place, this lady. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I've never heard the name before. I haven't either. And you, you would think that we had because she's, she's pretty famous. She's pretty badass, huh? Right. But it's not only like the journey um, of her life that's so interesting, but the era that she lived in. So you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay. Bell's story starts on June 16th of 1860. So I'm that's bringing Madison's it up. Madison's birthday. 1860? birthday. Well, June 16th. So on this day, Sarah Ann Cox uh, gave birth to her second daughter, Mary Bell Cox, in Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Sarah. Not too far. No, not far at all. This is almost like a hometown story here. Yeah. Uh, Sarah was a dressmaker who did a little sex work on the side to help pay the bills. And Bell, as she was called, as well as her six-year older sister, Hester, Mm-hmm. were born out of wedlock, which was, you know, a little bit taboo at that time. Um, and it's believed that their father was Elias Cox, a man who was not Sarah's husband. Mm-hmm. They have the same last name because they right. think that they were related in some way, shape or oh, form. Okay. Uh, not to mention the fact that he was 35 years older than Sarah. Oh, Right. And soon after Bell came along, Elias split. He hit the road. Hmm. 1860. They didn't have a lot of roads. He probably hit the river. (laughs) He hit the bricks. He hit hit the bricks. (laughs) He was out. So Sarah, she wasn't single for long. She wasn't playing Mm -hmm. that game. So she soon met George Breezing, who she married on December 16th of 1861. Uh, And what a terrible choice this guy was um he didn't adopt hester and bell but sarah went ahead and changed their last names to breezing after the mm-hmm. wedding which i think is probably a wise choice then because you probably wanted your kids to have the same last name as you and you know it's yeah. a different time mm-hmm. now old george he owned a saloon when the marriage started but later he and sarah opened a grocery store mm-hmm. Everybody needs groceries, right? Right. The Breezings paid $200 a year rent for their home and the grocery store. Wow. Right. 
I think they lived above the grocery store. <clears throat> okay, that makes sense. I've always wanted to live above a grocery store. Just yeah. so I could go in in the middle of the night and like go to the ice cream case. And get ice Oh, cream. yeah. Get whatever we want. Whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Sarah and George, both big drinkers, had frequent knock-down, drag-out fights, okay. usually, usually in public at, and at their grocery store, and that kept a lot of customers from coming back to their grocery right. store. Right. That's not, that's, not, uh, that's not very good advertising. Not good for business. <clears throat> Eventually, George started spending a lot of nights away from home, presumably with other women. So Sarah would dress up and she would head out to the saloons to find some company of her own. Okay. She would bring some stranger home for some fun, which unfortunately Hester and Belle were surely aware of. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whether the girls heard or saw anything, we can only guess, but I'm sure they probably didn't have a very big home. So Mm -hmm. I, I doubt the walls were soundproof. Um, so before their five-year anniversary, the marriage ended. The court proceedings made all of Sarah and George's dirty laundry public knowledge. And then when Belle started school three months later, she was ostracized and basically treated like shit. Ugh. But Belle, little six years old, mm-hmm. ignored the haters and held her head up high. Good job, Belle. She's like, fuck you. Right. She was. Right. Now, I can big, see her shaking her little finger in the air. Right. A little right. sass. Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I'm sure that's exactly what she said. I'm, I'm sure it's exactly what six-year-old Belle right. said. <laughs> now, big sister Hester, she married John Pick Norton. Pick meaning that's his nickname. Old Pick. Oh, okay. Old Pick. So Hester and Pick. Hester and Pick. Now that's that so Lexington, that is awesome. That's my next two pets names. <laughs> Hester well, and- it depends unless they're like assholes. And then I won't name my pets after them. <clears throat> um, so Hester and Pick got married October 24th, 1871. And they got the hell out of Lexington. Mm-hmm. But that pretty much left Belle, 11 years old, without any friends at all. Um, enter child rapist. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Dionisio Mucci. We're going to call him Mucci because I that first name kicks my butt. Dionisio. That's Dionisio. interesting. Yeah. D- yeah. So Mucci. Mucci okay. mm-hmm. or Mucci. Mucci was an Italian immigrant in mm-hmm. his mid-30s. He and his brother Zachariah had moved to Lexington in 1864. And Mucci with his wife, Frederic which doesn't sound like a wife, but apparently Frederick is a wife. Okay. Uh, and Zach, uh, Zachariah with his wife, Angeline, and then Zachariah and his wife had two sons, Emil and Henry. Mm. So the whole bunch of them. Uh, and then in 1872, Dionisio and Belle started a sexual relationship. Okay. She was 12. I thought you were going to say sex shop. No, no, oh, no. Started a, At and then you 12, said sexual. That's a real entrepreneur yeah. right there. Right. Uh, so, so she was 12 and he was 35. Yes. Oh, and gross. she was legally, she was old enough to consent. I still want to smash I him in the dick. still think he's a child rapist. So I'm going right. to go with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And their quote unquote relationship lasted for two years. Mm-hmm. I just hate that. So pregnant, did she? No. Good. No, thank God. I wonder how not though, you know? Right, right, right. Well, maybe. Well, yeah, for whatever reason, no. Well, he didn't have any kids already, so Mm -hmm. maybe he couldn't or something. Yeah, maybe he had a low sperm count. Right. By age 14, Bella had three good friends, which was new. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was all according to her diary that she kept. And her friends were Sally, Kate, and Willie. Sally, Kate, Willie, and Belle. All of those cute little girls. Okay. Well, Willie's a boy. Oh, shit. Right. But that's okay. Really? My apologies <laughs> if you're offended. Uh, just wait. Oh. You really offended Willie. Just wait. Okay, okay. So anyway, so there's some speculation that Sally was crushing on Belle based okay. on two poems that Sally wrote in Belle's scrapbook, which was given to her by Moochie, by the way, because that's what you... Give your 12-year-old girlfriend a scrapbook. 
Here's some paper dolls. Right. <clears throat> so the first poem said, Belle, I'll give my heart to you if you'll give yours to me. We'll lock them up together and throw away the key. And then the second one was, I love, and this doesn't make a lot of sense. I know I copied it right, but I don't know. It says, I love my love in the morning for Belle's fair and sweetly fair. Her blushing cheeks in crimson streak, it's clouds, Belle golden fair. Not real sure what that means. Yeah, that's, I don't know what that said, but. Right, exactly. I think, it, I think she, she, she must have liked her. Yeah, but then again, I also kind of feel like maybe it wasn't like a romantic type thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like girls talked to each other differently back then. Right. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like maybe I watched too many movies or something. But... <laughs> now, her friend Willie. Mm-hmm. This poor kid was playing with a gun with his friend George mm-hmm. when the gun was accidentally discharged and Willie was shot under his left eye. Left thigh? Uh-uh. Eyeball. Left eye? Left oh, eyeball. Mm-hmm. Willie. Yep. And I really wish it had been his left thigh. Unless it hit like a major artery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he survived initially, but he died <laughs> two days later. Oh, Willie. Yeah. And then I couldn't, I couldn't find what happened with Sally and Kate, but, you know, I guess they probably just grew apart. Mm-hmm. So around this time, Belle wrote in her scrapbook, no one to lose, none to caress, roaming alone through this world's wilderness. Dead is my heart. Joy is unknown. For in my sorrow, I am weeping alone. That's is so sad is that not so sad it is i'm like geez yeah she was she she was feeling things indeed feeling things yep she lost her friends and by the way not that it really matters i guess but by all accounts Belle was a really pretty girl like Mm. she had she had long brown hair that curled in the spirals she had dark almond-shaped eyes, fuller lips, and she was kind of on the shorter side. Like, as an adult, she was 5'2". So, not, okay. not like short, short, but just, you know, shorter-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, after five years of living with that fucker George, her stepdad, her sister moving away with old Pick, a two-year something with a married guy in his 30s, and losing her friend Willie... Belle did find herself pregnant at age 15. Jeez. All now, of those things you said, and I'm like, okay, so she's 18 now. Nope. <laughs> nope, nope. Yeah. Yep. Already had the roughest life ever. Aww. Now, one source said that she was seeing two 19-year-old guys, Johnny Cook and James Kenny, mm-hmm. and that she didn't know who the father was. Mm. In this version of the story, James Kenny stepped up and married Belle, willing to be the dad to the baby, mm-hmm. even though he knew there was a possibility that the baby wasn't his. Okay. Another source says that Johnny Cook was the father, uh, as that was her boyfriend at the time. But somehow, <clears throat> James Kenny was, like, manipulated into marrying Belle by her and her mom, whether it was money or whatever the case might be. Oh, okay. That somehow he was kind of tricked into it. Okay. So, and we never really find out. But either way, uh, so Belle and James Kenny were married at her mom's house on September 14th, 1875, when she was three months pregnant. Mm. The local newspaper announced the marriage in a snarky, sarcastic article, like, oh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Like, when I read it, I was like, it doesn't sound that bad. Uh But apparently it was like, if you read it, then you would understand that they were yeah. making fun of her, you know. Um, <clears throat> now, Belle and James never even lived together. She just continued to live with her mom, Sarah. Mm. Um, nine days after the wedding, Belle had sent two notes to Johnny. So I'm under the impression that she still liked Johnny in some way, shape or form, yeah. even mm-hmm. though she's married to James now. 
And basically she was telling him like, hey, I'll be downtown around three. You should find me. She also said for him to bring her pistol. Nobody knows why he had her pistol, what she wanted mm-hmm. with the pistol, whatever. But she said, you know, since you're meeting with me anyway, just, you know, bring my gun. Uh huh. Whatever. So later that afternoon, Johnny was found dead from a gunshot wound in the alley just outside of Bell's gate. There was Whoa. there was chaos at the scene and no one saw the actual shooting. But everybody who came to the scene, they grabbed some random lawyer who was passing by uh-huh. and they basically bullied him into acting as a coroner. They're like, hey, you're a lawyer. Surely you can also be a coroner. I don't know how that works. But right. That's what right, they decided. Right. So he's the one who found the two notes from Bell, a picture of Bell. And on the back of it, it was written, put this close to my heart, which is very strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, a few cigars and 60 cents in Johnny's pockets. He had Johnny's body loaded into a wagon to be taken to Johnny's parents' house. Mm-hmm. Now, the real coroner stopped this madness. He demanded that the body be taken straight to his office where it should have been taken because he's yeah. a coroner. Um, and this guy knew that this whole thing was going to get a whole lot of media attention. So he did not <clears throat> want to fuck this up. Right. This was going to be big news. <clears throat> so while the official cause of death was ruled a suicide, which is so weird. Mm-hmm. Here's what we know. Okay. All right. So. And to this day, this is an unsolved. Well, it was considered a suicide. So it's not considered an unsolved murder because it's not considered a murder at all. It's right. Considered okay. a suicide. But so here's what we know. So it turns out that Johnny and Bell's husband, James, worked together at the cigar shop in town. Johnny had met Bell downtown that day and he had walked her home. After that, he stopped at a nearby saloon to buy some cigars. He told the dude at the bar that he was getting ready to move to Cincinnati. Mm. Now, Moochie, remember him, the pedo Mm. guy? He had seen Johnny not two minutes before he was shot. But I don't know any other details about that. Like, saw him walking down the street or like spoke to him and like, Hey man, what's up? I I have no idea. I just, he said that he saw him not two minutes before he was shot. Yeah. Um, also Bell's husband, James, uh, right after this shooting happened, he skipped town and wasn't seen again for over 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Right. Now, the police did very little investigating, probably because the death was ruled a suicide. On the other hand, the newspaper was all about the drama, asking why Bell wasn't questioned and quoting anonymous sources saying that they knew some details and such and such and such. Mm -hmm. So they were selling these papers like crazy because everybody wanted to know all the juicy gossip. Right. But life went on. I mean, not for Johnny, but in in general (laughs) life went on um bell ended up giving birth to daisy may kenny on march 14th of 1876 daisy may daisy may um two months later on may 9th bell's mom sarah died Mm -hmm. they think from some kind of cancer Mm -hmm. bell had her buried in the catholic cemetery because they were catholic Hmm. Uh, the funeral was on the tiny side, so it was only Belle, baby Daisy May, and a neighbor, Mrs. Barnett, and it was raining, mm-hmm. and after the funeral, they walked home together, and they found all of Belle's stuff out in the street, and the locks changed on her and her mom's rental house. Hmm. So, now she's momless mm-hmm. and homeless and completely broke at age 15. She wasn't even 16 yet. Mm-hmm. And so Belle went and collected a few of her things from the wet pile, mm-hmm. including her scrapbook, um, which, by the way, was inscribed with to Miss Belle Breezing, Lexington, Kentucky, presented by Mr. D. Mucci, February 14th, 1874. 
Oh, so you give it to her on Valentine's Day. Exactly. So ass wipe. Yeah. Right. But she'd kept it so well. well I'm glad didn't... he gave her one because exactly. she apparently used it. So exactly. <clears throat> so this done, Belle reluctantly but selflessly asked Mrs. Barnett to keep Daisy May while Belle got her shit together. And thus begun Belle's career in sex work. Mm. For the next four years, Belle turned tricks on the streets. Uh, it's kind of unclear where she lived, if anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a story, oddly, in the Canton, Ohio newspaper, uh, which is kind of far from Lexington, mm-hmm. that told of Belle and her friend Molly Canton attempting suicide by overdosing on morphine on July 24th, 1879. The Lexington paper also ran the story, but they didn't name Belle by name, supposedly because they didn't need to, because everybody would know who they were referring to. Mm-hmm. Luckily, both girls did survive. Uh, there's also pretty good evidence that Belle stayed with a boyfriend at some point during these years, um, and he spent his days printing counterfeit money while Belle spent her nights hooking. Okay, well, that's a- at least that's a... You know, they should have been rich at this Sounds point. Sounds very Bonnie and Clyde. Exactly. Yeah. So flash forward to Christmas Eve of 1880. Belle decided to pay a visit to Jenny Hill's brothel on Main Street. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, this brothel had been the childhood home of Abe Lincoln's wife, Mary Todd. Oh. Yeah. So now you know. Right. So anyway, so Miss Hill brought Belle on as a working girl. And Belle quickly became a favorite among the clientele. Miss Hill was 33 and she ran a pretty successful business. Belle, 19 at the time, was the second youngest prostitute there, the oldest being Sue Bennett, who was 45. Huh. Belle learned to be much more ladylike. She quit the bad habits that she had picked up over the years and she really paid attention. Hmm. Miss Hill treated her girls well. So the workers were relatively happy and healthy, as far as I can tell. Uh, Miss Hill did not perform sex work herself. She managed her staff. She was the boss. Mm-hmm. Belle really was impressed by Jenny. The clientele were rich men, bankers, politicians, and horse industry bigwigs. So for those who may not know, Lexington, Kentucky is known for farms that breed thoroughbred horses and for the horse races that are held there at the well-known tracks like Keeneland, mm-hmm. it is actually referred to as the horse capital of the world. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, it makes sense, though, because if you sure think does. of Lexington yeah. and Kentucky, it's all about horses. Yeah. If you lived in Lexington in the late 1800s, you knew how to speak horse. <laughs> it was a huge deal there, and honestly, it still is. Mm-hmm. So, in July of 1881... Belle struck off on her own to open a brothel that was all hers. She rented some row houses, which are basically houses or apartments that are joined together like in a chain, um, not far from Jenny Hill's place. And Belle really went crazy furnishing and decorating the place. She must have been really saving her money like to get ready for this. Mm-hmm. So she was buying goods from as far away as Cincinnati and mm-hmm. Manhattan She wanted a respectable place of business. Around this time, Belle again became pregnant. As she did not believe in abortion, given her Catholic upbringing, Mm -hmm. she carried the pregnancy to term. The baby, however, born on July 13th, 1882, either was a stillbirth or died soon after. Mm. Later, much later, after Belle's death, a photo of an infant was found among her stuff, and it's thought to be a picture of this second baby, but little else is known besides that. Mm, That's okay. all we know. Okay. Now, Belle had never gone back to retrieve Daisy May from Mrs. Barnett, but she did keep in touch. Like, she kept up with, you know, what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, in the fall of 1882, Daisy May was now six years old, and she was starting school. Belle and Mrs. Barnett would soon learn that Daisy May was mentally handicapped. Mm. Yeah, at the time, it was called retarded. 
We right. Use that right, word right. now, but um, and that she would need to be institutionalized. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bell enrolled her daughter in a Newport, Kentucky institution to be cared for by nuns, and she registered her under the name Daisy Barnett. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time, Bell had five girls working for her by the names of very 1880s names, <laughs> Ida, Maddie, like M-A-T-T-I-E, probably Matilda, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blanche, <laughs> Gertie, and Susie. Yes, very and much. Exactly. Each woman paid a steep $16 a week for a room and board, and all their earnings besides that were theirs to keep, which was mm-hmm. very unusual at the time. So they were you know, they're doing pretty good there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Billy Mabon, M-A-B-O-N, I'm going with Mabon. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a fellow that Belle had known since she was 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now he was wooing her and the two became an item. And this was a relationship that lasted basically all their lives. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, Belle was developing quite a reputation around town. When she took her daily deposits to the bank, which were always large stacks of cash, the bank tellers like tripped over themselves to help her. Belle also liked to show off her riding skills. She was often seen riding side saddle through the streets on her horse. Now, one day in May of 1883, while she was enjoying a ride, her horse was startled by two young boys who were out playing. At first, Belle admirably handled the frightened horse, but eventually the horse tripped and fell, rolling onto Belle. Mm. Horses are heavy. Heck yeah, people get stuck under them. Uh-huh. Well, Belle was unconscious for a few hours, but eventually she made a full recovery within a few days. After this, however, she took to traveling in a phaeton, which I had to look up. Okay, but I, I don't know what that is. It's an open air carriage that's pulled usually by two horses. Picture like what the royals of England Mm -hmm. ride in like after the wedding. So these were like the Rolls Royce of the time. So this Mm -hmm. really showed how successful she was already. Uh, Even her coachman was dressed to the nines. Mm -hmm. Like a chauffeur, chauffeur, horse driver. She called him Jeeves. Probably did. On July 18th of 1883, Belle bought a house where she intended to open a second brothel. She paid a whopping $845 for this house, which would become her home and an even more successful brothel for six years. On December 14th, 1882, and so this is skipping back just a little bit, Belle had been charged with keeping a body house basically keeping a whorehouse uh however Body like b-a-u b-a-w b-a-w oh body body yes not like a hot body more mm-hmm. like a body however kentucky governor luke blackburn pardoned her on february 7th 1883 what a nice guy i'm sure he did mm. that just right out the goodness of his heart yes he had nothing to gain nothing from then until 1903, Bell was indicted for some offense related to her business at least once a year, and she mm. would just pay her fines and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. She had plenty of money. So now on January 12th, 1889, Charles Moores, a journalist who was hell bent on putting a stop to the moral crimes of prostitution, alcohol, horse racing and gambling charles Mm -hmm. i think you're in the wrong place you should have lived somewhere right (laughs) he published an article in the lexington daily press calling for the immediate closure of all the brothels he included a petition signed by 33 citizens including the president of what was then kentucky university as well as the president of the college of the bible and the superintendent of the local public school system. Hmm. Now, this more or less worked. And the then, area, then they went in for a meeting and then they said, nah, it's all right. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> you know, we're talking about 
Bell's place, right? Right, right. Oh, yeah. Bell's place. Take my sign. Take my signature away. Yeah, take my signature off of that. So the area where Bell's business was located, which was close to the colleges and the schools, um, came under close scrutiny. But before she could be pushed out, Bell decided it was time for her to move anyway. Mm. I'll just take my girls yeah. and go somewhere else. I'm leaving, but not because you told me to. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so over the years, Bell had become very knowledgeable about horses, and she loved to go to the races. She had also become acquainted with many powerful and wealthy men. George and William Singerly were wealthy brothers from Philadelphia. William was a newspaper publisher and a champion horse breeder. Mm-hmm. Not, not that he bred with the horse. He, okay. he bred horses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, but both brothers had inherited loads of money from their father. When William or George would come into town, they would stay at the Phoenix Hotel, which is where most of the wealthy horse businessmen stayed. And it was a very upscale hotel. And added bonus, it was nice and close to Bell's brothel. Hacks, which are like horse-drawn taxis, lined the street out front, ready to take gentlemen to Bell's any hour of the day or night. When... Mm -hmm. Yeah. When either of the Singerly brothers arrived at the Phoenix, they would send flowers to Belle to let her know that they had arrived. And poor Billy Mabon, Mabon, he would have to vacate for a few days or a week, which he did. Oh, my gosh. I know. But he understood how business was. So he's like, okay, you know, the rich guys are here. I understand. And he would go. Right. Now, the Singerlies were so smitten with Belle that when she decided to move this time, one brother, no one's quite sure which one, handed over $50,000 to help her out, which if you can imagine, she just bought a house for $845. Right, right, so right. 50000 50, She could have bought Lexington. That's a lot of right, money. Right, right, right. So president all of a sudden. Right. So in June of 1889, Bell bought the mansion at 59 Megawan. That's the name of the street. While the home was appraised at $4,000, Bell paid $1,400 cash for it. And this mm-hmm. was a two and a half story home that consisted of eight rooms. But Bell spared no expense as she had the home remodeled and updated. When the project was completed, the house had 20 rooms wow. plus a basement that was perfectly designed for parties of all kinds. Hmm. I like this house. She was right? like a very forward thinker. So much so. Now, once again, Belle shopped for and bought the most sought after furniture and decor. And the home <clears throat> was impressive. It was impressive from the outside with its four chimneys and its grand sides grand size but inside it was even better bell scheduled her opening night to coincide with one of lexington's biggest race weeks it was to be the party of the century she had musicians literally hidden behind plants which is you know it's like when we have speakers around our house that are sort of hidden yeah music just seems to be coming from nowhere <laughs> right that's, right, just, right. that's what corner. i picture like Where's that beautiful music coming from? Where's that like a- music coming from? This guy's squat exactly. down behind a fern. Yeah. <laughs> Playing yeah. the piano. <laughs> right. A little piano. Um, yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. She also had expensive French champagne and, wait for it, electric lights. Ooh. Right. Right. So she was balling. Belle was balling. Uh-huh. The opening night in 1891 was an absolute over the top success in every way. Belle is back in business. Mm-hmm. Now, Belle determined to have the classiest whorehouse in all of Lexington. She demanded that her girls present themselves as ladies at all times. Mm-hmm. They, there would be no cussing or smoking, no drinking in public like outside the house in mm-hmm. public. Um, when the ladies were on the first floor, they were to be in evening gowns and they were 
definitely not to hang out the windows or sit on the porch trying to flag down customers. Oh, like they do in all the movies. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like the Westerns. Right. Not at Belle's house. Belle occasionally (laughs) had some of the ladies accompany her to the opera. Excuse me, the opera. Opera. Where Belle owned a box. She would take them shopping at the fanciest stores, but only after hours, because she'd call ahead and ask the store owner or manager to stay after closing for her and the others to come and shop. Mm-hmm. So, in the mansion, she's like, on, a, she's like a, a damn Kardashian. I know, right? That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you're always telling me to watch the best little whorehouse in Texas. Yes. And I haven't watched it from beginning to end, but I watched a whole bunch of snippets of it uh, yeah. the other day because I honestly feel like I wonder this, if this is this based is on like. them. I don't. I, mean, I don't know. I wonder I if it's know. based like. I mean, it's much. It's later, right? You know what I mean. Right. But um, that's crazy. Yeah, and I just picture because you know, in all of the song and dances and stuff, she tells yeah. them, you know, like act like a lady and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I, I so picture that. <laughs> now in the mansion on Megawan, there was also a saloon and Belle got a liquor license. Her saloon was as classy as her girls were. When the wealthy businessmen came to Lexington, they'd head to Bell's to drink and discuss business or just to socialize. Belle herself was a great conversationalist as she was up on all the latest news in the world of horse racing. Belle made the majority of her money from liquor sales. The working girls were told that if a gentleman offers to buy you a drink, you always say yes. Now, for those who didn't care for alcohol, Belle had large disguised pots sprinkled throughout the saloon where the girls could just discreetly pour out their unwanted drinks. Hmm. So, you know, but Belle was still getting paid for that drink. Mm hmm. When a man opted to go upstairs with one of Belle's girls, he was able to do so in strictest confidence. Many referred to it as a $5 house among $2 houses, and that was literally true. Clients were charged $5 to go upstairs, plus tips, which ranged from $10 to $50, depending on the client and whether there was a big horse race in town that week that's uh those are really good tips i know right yeah even now that's a big tip right um at this house the girls paid 24 24 per week and this covered room and board laundry and maid service oh when bell bought them fancy clothes the ladies were able to pay her back a little bit at a time otherwise what the ladies earned was all theirs. Mm-hmm. And unlike other brothels, each of Belle's girls had their own room. Ooh, mm-hmm. very fancy. Um, Belle's drinks weren't cheap either. Whereas most bars charged five cents for a bottle of beer, mm-hmm. Belle charged a dollar. Bottles Whoa. of wine, <clears throat> five dollars. And this was partly a tactic to keep all the riffraff out. She didn't want any of those, you know, drunk assholes just coming in to get some cheap beer. So she kept it expensive. Uh, Many a prominent Lexington father actually sent his son to Bell's establishment to become a man. Huh. Mm -hmm. When soldiers were stationed in Lexington, only officers were welcome into Bell's body house. Hmm. While Belle would not tolerate any ungentlemanly behavior in her saloon, there was this one night when one of the Singerly brothers happened to be enjoying a drink at the saloon and a fight broke out between these two guys. Singerly, curious to see how such tomfoolery would play out, mm-hmm. you know, because he was from a very well-to-do family, so he didn't right. get to see this kind of thing. So he told Belle to let the guys go. He said that he would pay for any damages. And he certainly got his money's worth. These men fought with passion. They duped it out from the first floor to the third floor. They broke things and crashed through things. And this went on until the two guys just tired out. Uh, Then they sat down, had a drink together, and left to walk home together, singing as they went, which is just (laughs) hilarious. So Singerly, always a man of his word, 
gave Bell $10,000 the next morning and said it was worth every penny. So wow. he was very entertained by this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bell was also generous with her wealth when a nearby hospital was greatly damaged by a fire. Bell donated all new bed linens to replace the ones that were lost. The nurses, however, returned them all once they learned who had donated them. Okay. I <laughs> have no hussy giving us bed sheets. Right, right. Now, Bell was not without her own demons. She continued to battle a morphine addiction. Occasionally, she would voluntarily go to the hospital to get clean, and a Dr. Nevitt would help her wean off the drug. But inevitably, she would start hemorrhaging, and mm. he'd have to give her more. I don't know why they use the word hemorrhaging. Like, I don't know that that's an actual thing that happens when you're coming off of a opioid or anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But that's just that's yeah, that, what the story says. Yeah, right. That's weird. Um, right. So the neighborhood around Megawan became a red light district, which I'm going to come back to in a couple minutes. But first, I want to run down the events of Bell's life that followed her move to the mansion. So in 1894, Daisy May was moved to the Sisters of Good Shepherd, and the nuns changed her name to Imelda Kinney. I don't know why Imelda, of all the names in the world. Right. Imelda. 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 Mm -hmm. In 1895, the third floor attic of the Megawan Mansion was damaged by a fire. Bell used the insurance money to rebuild turning it into a full third floor and adding seven more rooms to the house. So wow. now we're up to 27 rooms plus a basement. In 1898, William Singerly died of a heart attack, which really hit Bell hard. And while Billy Mabon was her true love, Singerly had been a longtime friend and generous investor in her dream. Mm-hmm. Also in 1898, the Spanish-American War brought soldiers from all over the country. Officers would gather at Bell's to discuss military stuff. When the GIs returned home, they always spread the word. Bell's was the place to visit. Y'all gotta (laughs) get on down there to Lexington, go to Bell's. (laughs) There's also a story told by a guy named Joe Keith from Lexington. He transported some horses to Buenos Aires for a bigwig named Higgins. And while he was there, he actually overheard some locals talking about Bell's house in Kentucky, which is pretty cool, you know, because you don't have the Internet. So the only way you get the word out is word of mouth. Word of mouth. In July 1911, Bell tried to stop a man named Oliver Brodus, who she found stabbing one of her prostitutes. Mm. Unfortunately, Bell was too late. 22-year-old Debbie Harvey was murdered by Oliver, who then ran from the scene. He turned himself in the next day. When he was tried, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. He was remanded to an insane asylum from which he later escaped. Mm -hmm. Bell graciously paid for Miss Harvey's funeral and burial. In 1915, the temperance movement, which is a push to stop alcohol consumption, along with other unhealthy social vices, succeeded in ordering the closing of all brothels. Mm. Bell, however, she continued to run her business illegally for two more years. I'm not surprised. I know, right? She was like, you won't be cutting this bitch down. Right. Sadly, Billy passed away on February 16th of 1917 after 34 years with Bell. Soon after that, with World War I starting, those brothels that had managed to continue operations were shuttered for good as soldiers at nearby training camps needed not be distracted from the good fight. Bell was forced to say goodbye to her five remaining ladies and close the saloon as well. Mm. She lived alone, quietly in the mansion for the rest of her years and passed away in that house August 11th, 1940, at 4.30 in the morning of ovarian cancer. Oh. Her death was announced in the Lexington Leader newspaper. The headline, Bell Breezing Dead. I mean, that pretty much lays out. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. The next day, the Lexington Herald ran a story on Bell. And this one was a little bit more flattering and respectful. 
But it was Time Magazine that really gave Bell some high praise, writing of the famed Kentucky bod, describing her mansion for men as a plushy, luxuriant saloon famed for its influential patrons and for being the most orderly of disorderly houses. So Time Magazine Mm. gave her a little bit of some kudos. Right. Now, Daisy May, she lived in institutions until she passed away August 15th of 1948 at age 72. Um, So just real quick, back to that red light district. Mm -hmm. So I did want to look. You don't have to put on the red light district. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I looked a little bit into this. So a red, I mean, we kind of know this, but I wanted to like look at the history. Um, a red light district is basically an area of a city that's lawless. Lots of U.S. cities had red light districts around the end of the 1800s. And this is where brothels were found, of course. Police pretty much stayed away from these areas, ignoring the not-so-secret illegal activities. And neighborhoods that became red light districts were usually areas occupied by poor African-American people who had little to no say in anything that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as the history of the red light district, most believe the name comes from Dodge City, Kansas, where in the 1890s, men who worked on the railroad would visit brothels or homes of prostitutes during their breaks. They would leave a red lantern outside the door or hanging in a window so they could be found if something urgent came up while they were otherwise engaged. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, the term was first used in an article in the Jeffersonville News of Jeffersonville, Indiana, on March 29th of 1894. Other examples include China, where red lanterns are hung outside of brothels as a way of advertising. Mm -hmm. In Japan, a literal red line is drawn on a map to show where prostitution is legal. Hmm. Currently, the most famous red light district in operation is in Amsterdam. Boom, boom, boom. You never thought of me. Amsterdam. No, no, I did not know. (laughs) Prostitution is legal, but prostitutes cannot be in public, like on the streets. So they literally are in windows lit by Mm -hmm. red lights, beckoning the customers to come in and play. The area is one of the safest in Amsterdam as Mm -hmm. tons of police officers, as well as bodyguards employed by the sex workers, keep trouble to a minimum. Hmm. So that's the end of my story. And I want to know what you think about Belle. I think she is a rags to riches. I don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck what you say. I'm doing this. um she she, knows she sounded like she ran a good business right right and for the most part an honest business you know right exactly yeah and i mean initially at least it was legal so it wasn't Mm -hmm. even like we you know she wasn't like this uh outlaw who was you know Mm -hmm. sometimes you look back at people who do like bad things for the right reason and you're like oh i totally understand but she wasn't even doing anything illegal. Right, right. Yeah, well, just- and, you know, for being so young when she figured all this out, mm. and I know that age is, is very different back then, you know, as far as what sure. they considered mature and adult and, you know, mm-hmm. but um, it's not like she had the best role models. Exactly. To like be, you know what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. someday, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I bet, I bet she was super smart. Yeah. You know? she, she I had mean, like been. business, she had a business sense and, mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, she had, maybe she did have like a consultant yeah. that gave her ideas, but she sounded like she, she was, uh, she had her shit together. Yeah. She's pretty yeah. sharp little uh, tool there. Right. Yeah. I mean, from the time when she was little on the playground, not putting up with shit. Exactly. You know, that exactly. was kind of kind of how she she lived her life. So, yeah, that's awesome. And you just wonder, you know, because I think all different kinds of things about that time, you know, 130 years ago. And I'm like, did 
a lot of people have this kind of a life where it was like tragedy after tragedy. And, right, right. You know, because honestly, like people died of like nothing. Like right, you, right, you right. Get a friggin' infection and you're gone. You know, and so, you're gone. Right. I just think that the I've whole, watched Little House on the Prairie. See, I know how it right. works. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Someone wakes up blind all of a sudden. Yeah, I just think it's fascinating. Right. I also yeah. think it's pretty fascinating that there's no discussion of any kind of like STD type stuff. Um, right. You know, because I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that there were quite a few of those tossed around. But So, yeah, so I think she was, I, I mean, is it weird to say that a prostitute slash madam is like amazing or inspirational? I don't think so. I No, I don't yeah. think so. Especially when you come from such a shit fucking exactly. childhood and you make right. some of yourself. And I mean, she wasn't hurting anybody. Right. She was not hurting one person. She right. helped these women who, you know, this is what they either wanted to do or, you know, maybe this is all they could do or whatever. But mm-hmm. she gave them a great place to live and she taught them to be, you know, take care of themselves, et cetera, yep. et cetera. And yeah, I mean, she wasn't hurting anybody. So that's uh yeah. You go, Belle Breezy. Mary Belle, Mary Belle Breezy. That's right. <laughs> so that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's well, I and I I think, thank you. Thank you for that. Absolutely. I need to, I'm going to take a dive and see if, like, movies and shit have been made about her. Yes, yeah. I'm going to see if I can find a movie. I, I think there was yeah. one not too, too, like, very pretty recently. It's like a, uh, like a reenactment, I guess. I don't, it's. Okay. I don't know if it's a documentary exactly or well, if it's like a movie. And I wonder, like, life. are there movies? Are there movies that we uh, that we've seen right. that her characters in, or, or somebody oh. that is supposed to be her? I'm I'm so glad you said that because I completely forgot this part. So, Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it or read it for whatever yeah, reason. I can't remember if I've ever seen it. Yeah. Well, apparently in that book and movie, there is a madam named Belle, something that starts with a W, Waterling or Watley. Uh-huh. And uh, it's always been said that that character was based on Belle. On Belle Breezing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now the author at one point denied it, mm-hmm. but which kind of makes you think, okay, well then it wasn't if the author tells you it wasn't. And yet everywhere, you know, everything that I read about yeah. her was like, oh, and by the way, Belle in Gone maybe, with the Wind is based on her. Maybe was the author a male? No, it was a female. Okay. Because I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> the author didn't want to get right. in trouble for knowing who that was. Yeah. Like, wink, wink. Who's Belle wink, wink, one time. I right. was in Lexington one time. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. So now I'm going to have to watch that movie because now I really am intrigued. So. Yeah, that's cool. I'll cool. watch that, and then I'll watch the best little whorehouse in Texas, and then I'll be yes. Then I'll be caught up with fucking 2022. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, anything well, else, thank ma'am? Thank you. No, that was that was awesome. Thank you for that. You're welcome. We'll talk. Who's to you a all badass? <laughs> all right. Bye. See ya.